And now, live from Atlanta, Georgia, everyone's social media friend, it's Deb Creer. Every week, Deb talks with the movers and shakers, the experts, the best of the best in social media, bringing you all of the latest tips, techniques, and trends for successfully using social media. In social media, there's only one constant, Deb Creer. Good morning, good morning, everyone. I am Deb Creer. I'm the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And we're going to have so much fun today because, yes, we will be talking about social media, but we're also going to be talking about other tools that every business, every entrepreneur, you know, anyone who is in business should be using. Because sometimes, I know this is hard for me to say, we think social media is enough. And mm. folks, it's not. We need to still be using those tried and true marketing tools that really have served us since the dawn of time. Um, so that is why I'm so delighted to have my guest today. So please join me in welcoming Diane Conklin. Welcome, Diane. Thank you, Deb. I'm excited to be here, excited to share with the, with the folks and uh, see where this leads us. I know it's going to be so much fun. And now here's the cool part. Diane also is in Atlanta. We have never met. You know, I don't think we've ever been at any networking thing and just never crossed paths. Folks, Atlanta is rather big. It's a little over 6 million people. So it is possible to be in the same metro area and not meet. Plus, she's on the opposite side of town, like an hour and a half over there at least. You know, living in Colorado, that'd get you in a different state. Um, but uh, when, uh, so it's, it's fun to actually virtually meet. And again, it just goes to show that online connections can turn into great business partnerships and, and uh, great friendships and associations. So, Diane, yeah, this is, is going to be great. Looking forward to it. Perfect. Well, let me tell folks just a little bit about you. So, Diane Conklin is an internationally known author, entrepreneur, marketing and business strategist, coach, consultant, implementation specialist, and speaker. She is a direct response marketing expert who specializes in showing small business owners how to integrate their online and offline marketing strategies, media, and methods to get maximum results from their marketing dollars. Diane has been involved in numerous campaigns grossing over $1 million. Yes, folks, that's $1 million several times in her career, and she routinely helps people grow their businesses to six figures and beyond in a short period of time. Diane was voted the Glazer Kennedy Marketing Marketer of the Year for Innovative Marketing Strategies and Campaigns. So again, Diane, welcome. Thank you, I'm excited to be here and uh, share with folks. And yes, you know, I love it when people say, you know, not only is social media not enough, neither is any other one thing that you're doing, so. Right, right. <laughs> You know, and I think that is the hitch that people have is we only have a finite amount of resources, whether it's our time, whether it's our money, you know, all of those various things. So we find something that works or is, shall we say, the flavor of the month, um, you know, and, and we go, oh, we're going to be all in with our Facebook posts or we're going to run a big, expensive ad in a trade publication or, you know, whatever it is. And we forget that marketing truly should be integrated with everything. So talk to us a little bit about that. And then later on, I really want to talk about one specific form that is, is very much overlooked now. But why do we need to really keep thinking, okay, there's other things that we need to be doing? Well, you know, Deb, you hit the nail on the head, right? The word is integration. And, mm -hmm. it, it, you know, I think one of the biggest business quotes that, that I use and that I love is, is that, one is always the worst number in business. Right. One is usually the worst number in anything in life other than if you're married, in which case mm -hmm. you're good, right? But, right. you know, I often say to people, you know, and again, this <laughs> I'm about to show my age here, but, you know, it used to be that in the middle of dinner, the phone rang and it was a mm -hmm. telemarketer, right? Uh -huh. Well, that's they don't really allow that anymore. And entire companies went out of business because of that. Right. Same thing with faxing. We get a lot less faxes and I use that in quotations although again it's an age thing right I do have a fax machine here in my office but mm -hmm. you know we don't get as much fax anymore why because they've outlawed 
you know, those things or change the laws and, and, and the mm -hmm. rules. And so while we think Facebook and, and all of social media is going to be around for a long time, and I'm sure that it is, things are going to change there as well. Um, right. And so my contention is always not only do you do you integrate online and offline, you also integrate your online things. You don't rely just on email marketing. And here's the other mm -hmm. scary thing is if you're relying 100% on social media and something were to happen, your accounts get shut down or something crazy happens, guess mm -hmm. what? If you don't have your own independent list in addition to what you're doing on social media, you end up very quickly being what I call OOB, out of business. Correct. <laughs> So right. the, the integration piece is, is really, really critical. And, you know, my thing is you, you're never sure who wants to see things, how and where and when's oh, the best definitely. time. So mm -hmm. if you're in multiple media, um, you increase your chances of people seeing what you're doing. Right. You know, and, and you know, I'm going to show my age, too. Back when I was in school for this, um, you know, the, the thought process was that you needed to see something seven times or so before it actually sunk in to your brain. And now I think it's it's a much higher number because we're so bombarded with everything. You know, we have Facebook ads, we have, you know, emails, we have all of these things. And so you have to keep hitting people. And as you mentioned, in multiple formats, you know, it might be that you've seen somebody's Facebook post forever. You may have even visited their website, but it's not until you see, say, their billboard that's that's an old school thing but you know what they still work or those funny things and I always love it when I start seeing posts on Facebook about this those lovely things called the yellow pages mm -hmm. you know they still work now you know not certainly not like they used to and and they're not just the, you know the booster seats when you have a toddler coming to visit but you know or the doorstop I think that's what I use mine for but it is something and and it's it's especially a generation thing and and you mentioned it you know, and, and I want to keep hitting on this, depending on who you're trying to reach, they might not be on Facebook. They might be the generation that they're only going to look in the yellow pages or, you know, they're, they're, they love getting, you know, a, a newsletter, a printed newsletter, you know, all of these various things. And that's why it is so important to integrate things. Yeah. And the other piece that you hit on there that you sort of, sort of glazed over is depending on who you're talking to, right? So, so right. many people don't understand the importance of target market. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if, if you're talking to millennials, you better be texting, you better be Instagramming, you better, you know, there are a lot of things different that we would talk about right. in places that you need to be as mm -hmm. opposed to if you're, if your target market is, you know, a 50 plus year old, woman who's an entrepreneur that's been in business for, you know, 10 years, that it's a totally mm -hmm. different market. I mean, even, even the way we talk to and relate as much as I <laughs> dislike segmenting things this way in the world in business, you mm -hmm. have to, even men and women sometimes have right. to talk differently to them. Right. Well, and you know, we, I mentioned this probably every single time I do a program, your target market, who you're trying to reach, all those various things is not and I'm putting this in great big, huge air quotes and in bold, everyone, you know, you had better. And, and that's the, one of the first steps in marketing. You have to figure out who your primary market is. So how do you work with your clients to, to get them to really hone in onto that, that niche so that they're not marketing to everyone? Yeah. Because again, we have finite resources. And if you're trying to reach everyone, it's you're, you, you've lost already. Yeah. You know, and if you're trying to reach 10 people and maybe that is your market or 10, 100, 10,000, whatever, how do you work with people to really get them to figure that out? Well, the, the first part is, and the first thing to understand is that it truly is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. Mm -hmm. um, and so we really, I have a checklist that I go through time and time and time again on target market and we really hone in and talk about not only the demographics, but then we look at the psychographics and, and we mm -hmm. continually are honing this. And there's a quote, you, you're going to love this based on what you just said, but um, there's a quote by Seth Godin that I love. And he talks about the biggest marketing mistakes small businesses make. And he says something like this. He says, they believe in the mass market instead of mm -hmm. obsessing about a micro market. 
they see ah. the mass because it feels mm -hmm. harder to fail, right? He says, after right. all, there's always one more stranger left to bother. Mm -hmm. But it's the small, the weird, the eager that will make or break you. And, you know, that's kind of the way I look at everything. And the way I look at my target market is I, I often say this to people, which will make the, the big difference. If you were going to go out and buy a, a mailing list, not an email list, but a mailing list, mm -hmm. can I find this person? Can I go to a list broker and say to them, here's what I want, right? I want women between the ages of 40 and and, and 47 who make, mm -hmm. um, you know, who've been in business seven years, who are making 1.5 to $3.5 million in their business, who have three employees, are married with 2.3 children, they live in the suburbs. I mean, I could go on and on and on, right? They read mm -hmm. Architectural Digest, I mean, and they own a boat. Um, right. It gets that specific. And you might say mm -hmm. to yourself, well, gee, why do I need to know all that? You need to know all that because now I can talk to that boat owner, mm -hmm. that female boat owner who's married and has 2.3 kids who lives in the suburbs, specifically about things that make her say one of two things. Either she's talking to me mm -hmm. or this is for me. This is exactly what I've been right, looking right. for. And so that's the importance of, of that piece and continuing to hone in and hone in and hone in and hone in, because let's face it, everybody wears socks, but mm -hmm. not everybody is a target for, there's this cool company called Bombas, uh, right, right. which is a sock company and they do some really fun marketing things, but not everybody is a target for those Bombas socks. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's just an example I use a lot of, you know, everybody wears socks, but uh, you know, you, you've got to hone in on who they're for and who right, right. you're looking for. And it, it does two things. It allows you to market better because you're talking mm -hmm. specifically to them. The fear that people have about doing this, and this is why they don't, the fear they have is this. Oh my gosh, Diane, but if I'm talking to that woman between the ages of 40 and 47, what about the man who fits every other criteria? And I always say the same thing. It's okay, he'll find you. If, right, he's, right. if he's meant to work with you and if he's he's your ideal client, and that's what this is about. It's about who's your ideal client. You're always going to have other people who trickle in who mm -hmm. aren't exactly that, but they'll find you because your right, message right. resonates with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, well, and, you know, it's it's so important, as you mentioned, to, to really drill down. And we see that every day on Facebook, on Google, you know, all of those various things. Because they're only going to, you know, show you ads that are pertinent. Now, obviously, it depends on Facebook what the advertiser set as their demographics. Right. But, you know, an, an example is, you know, we were looking at traveling to a very small town in Ohio uh, later on this, this summer. And so I was on Travelocity, you know, just looking for hotels that were there. And, and you know, pretty specific hotels that take pets and yada, yada, yada. And so I'm on my desktop system doing that. I'm later on my iPad playing a game. You know, yes, I play games on my iPad, but they're not tied to anything else. Nobody sees what I'm doing. But ads for those hotels came up on my iPad. Yep. Now, that freaked me out a little bit. And, and it really does bother people when that happens. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's always funny on Facebook to do a post with a specific term in it to then see if you start seeing ads for it. And, and I've done that on purpose before with, you know, uh, things that I'm not in the, the least bit interested in, but something that, you know, I want to track and, and it works. You know, if you look for, you know, if, if you look, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it is one of those things where it is a little big brother, but it's also, you know, they're not showing, you know, say you would be playing a game on your iPad you don't care about hotels in this little town in Ohio. So it would be a waste of time and energy to even show you the ads. And, and the same thing goes with our own marketing efforts. And, and you touched on it with buying a list. So let's go back to the thing that I really want to focus on for this program. You know, we'll talk about other things, but it's that, that one thing that we've, you know, they probably started doing when they were throwing rocks at people and, you know, scrawling a message on it back, you know, back in the stone ages, direct mail. You know, there for years, it was the thing to do. You know, we all did direct mail. You know, here we are showing our, our age again. But we did postcards. We did newsletters. You know, all of those various things. 
And then we started using email, we started using social media, and direct mail kind of went by the wayside. But I think it's still one of those key things. So talk to us about why a business should still even think about using direct mail. Well, the first reason is, is because although <laughs> some of us think of it as, as having, quote, gone by the wayside, it never really did. Right. Um, so if you if you look at first of all you've continued to got to get mail your whole life, mm -hmm. um, and if you look at big companies right so look at American Express look at HP look at um, you know those kinds of companies you continue to get mail from them which should tell right. you something. Mm -hmm. um, he, here's here's the real thing as it's very interesting I, I have a, a I do a direct mail presentation I have a comic in my uh in my presentation it looks like this think about when email first got out right we were like oh we, we go to the mailbox and go oh it's just the mail again and we, we get a ding in our email and we go oh look i got an email yeah, right yeah. and today flip fast forward 10 years to today mm -hmm. and what happens you go oh my gosh i have 973 emails to get through oh look i got a card in the mail yay right. mm -hmm. <laughs> so it sort of shifted a little bit right mm -hmm. and Here's the thing that happens is with direct mail, you get a very different client. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we think of it as being sort of old school or, or, or whatever, but you really do get a better client. The four things that happen with direct mail is you get clients who invest with you more, will invest more with you initially, easy for me mm -hmm. to say. They will stay longer with you, which means over the long haul, they invest more. Ah. And so what happens now is the, the, the real drawback that people have is, well, Diane, why should I invest? And that's what you're doing. You're investing mm -hmm. in direct mail when I can send an email for free or right. I can get on Facebook for free. Well, first of all, is it really free? Mm -hmm. It's not free. <laughs> no. And it's not no. free because your time is worth something. Right. And so I have actually a, a, a client who is uh, in the real estate industry and he has stopped doing all online marketing and has gone directly to all, exclusively to direct mail. And the mm -hmm. reason is, is that he says the rest of it is just too expensive. Right. Right. So if you're advertising on a social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn or anywhere else, what happens is I'm on Facebook not to think about your ad, but doing whatever it is that I'm doing and your ad pops up. Mm -hmm. If I'm if I'm searching, for example, on Google, I'm looking specifically for that thing right. at that moment with direct mail. If again, if you segment and do the list and do the targeting that we just talked about, you get the same benefit is that we know that at least people are predisposed to the thing we're sending mail to. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's not that it's gone away. And here's the other really good news about mail right now, Deb, is every time there's an increase in postage, guess what happens to, to the amount of mail that you get? It decreases. It decreases, which means, do you hear it? That's it's an opportunity. That's opportunity knocking, right? Because now is the exact time that you should go in with whether it's a postcard or, you know, I do a lot of stuff with um, out kind of outrageous pieces, right? I just sent a video card for a client not too long ago. Ooh. Um, yeah, we spent $1,500 on video cards and he got um, a $15,000 sale. Right. And, and it, but it was probably so targeted exactly. that every person who got it was definitely a potential customer. Yeah. And again, we sent a hundred, right? We didn't mm -hmm. send or 200. I'm sorry. We sent right. 200 pieces, mm -hmm. not 20,000. That's the other thing is people think, oh, if I'm going to do direct mail, it's about mass marketing. It's not about mm -hmm. mass marketing. Right. You know, and, and, it's it's interesting because there are like you said there's video there's there's all sorts of different formats and i have two business associates who send out direct mail pieces and almost every single time i save it because they put something else on there they've put a calendar they've put um one of them does the calendar of summer activities here in atlanta summer you know like uh, festivals one does sports schedules. You know, we've all seen those where they put your, your local sports schedule and so you, you save it. And does it have anything to do with their business? No. But 
I save that postcard. So then when I'm looking at the Bronco schedule, the Falcon schedule, whatever it is, I see, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so realtor sent me that and I'm in the market or I know someone who is. And, you know, so then I've got that piece and it is a very targeted uh, market that they're sending it to, um, you know, because they are, they have physical locations. I'm on their list because I've been a prior client, um, you know, and, and, but it is, it's, it's something that I do. I save, I put up on the bulletin board, all of those various things. So it's, it's not always promoting your own business. It's something that, that they will save and that they will keep. Yeah. And here's the other real key about that is you're keeping it. So even if all you did was set it aside because you mm -hmm. wanted to look at it later, right. I get one more chance for you to pick that up before you put it in the trash can, right? Think about right. this with email, right? Is how many times have you done either one of two things? You've kept something mm -hmm. on your email, whether you use Outlook or Gmail or whatever you use, mm -hmm. and you think, I'm going to go back and get that, right? As right. soon as it goes off your screen, you've forgotten about it yes or you put it in that to be looked at later that to be read file that action right. file and, and uh, six months later you go there right or three years later you go there uh -huh. and you go wow look at all this cool stuff right so that's the other advantage with a physical piece of mail is is that many times you have multiple options and again mm -hmm. this is about doing it right it's about doing the right things just like with social media or any other marketing that you're doing, rather it, what we're really talking about, all of this is marketing. It just depends right. on the media that you're mm -hmm. using. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, it, it used to be when we were really doing direct marketing back in the eighties the and nineties, you did bombard, you did the 20,000 piece, you know, and, and all of those things. And now because of the sophistication of the list that you can buy or that you may already have, you can send it to just 100, 200. So, you know, you can, maybe you can make it more impressive, like having a video card or, you know, it, you just print a hundred or 200. That's the nice thing too about technology is, you know, you, it, it really was back when, you know, in the, the good old days, when we printed something, you printed 20,000 because that was the cheapest way to go. Now with the, the printers that we have available, Printing a hundred is no big deal, and it's you know it's it's not a thing. So it's, it is something that technology has really gone leaps and bounds into helping us produce much better, much more effective direct mail campaigns. Yeah, and you know depending upon what you're mailing and what you're what you're not what you're mailing, but what you're selling, right? What's what's mm -hmm. the end result? It really right. affords you to do some crazy things, right? So mm -hmm. very rarely, not rarely, but you know, it's easy to send a postcard, right? Because out mm -hmm. the door, you know, 75 cents, that's printing right. the list, the you know, postage mm -hmm. and everything. And people think, oh, I'll do that. And then they wonder why it's not effective, right? Mm -hmm. If they had spent twice as much and done a dollar and a half and put it in, you know, an envelope or maybe um, done something in, a, in an odd shape, right? So a die mm -hmm. cut postcard instead of the standard size postcard or put, put mm -hmm. a wild picture. I've got a postcard that I use as an example that's about, I don't know, 18 inches long that has a champagne bottle exploding mm. on the outside of it. Mm -hmm. um, it gets your attention, right? I've done things that are die cut in the shape of, you know, a dog or the shape of, right. you know, whatever, teeth, you know, for, for mm -hmm. dental clients. Um, mm -hmm. Those things are going to get more attention than sending. And again, at an inexpensive, I was going to say cheap, um, <laughs> right. an inexpensive three by five postcard that is going to get stuck inside of a magazine or nobody's going to see because it's so small, right? So when you really look at this, I want you, if, if you're going to do direct mail and you should really look at it from the perspective of, you know, getting the best bang for your buck. Dan Kennedy has mm -hmm. a quote that, and he says, you know, if, if you want to develop sustainability and stability in your business, the number one way to do that is to have a direct mail campaign that works. Right. You know, and, and, and like you said, there are so many reasons for it. We keep the card, you know, it's, it's personalized in a way that, you know, it, I love when I get an email that say, dear recipient, now, it's, it's funny, you know, there obviously there are lots and lots of direct mail campaigns that go out to occupant, to resident, and usually I pay no attention to those. 
but you know, if it's got my name on it, then I love it. Or, you know, I, I love the ones on, and these happen, especially on email. I got one today, dear info at debcareer.com. Right. Or dear really? first name. Yes. Oh, I love the first name. <laughs> dear first name. Okay. You didn't know what you were doing when you sent this, did you? Um, you know, and, and to me, that's an indicator that they really aren't sophisticated. You know, it's, and, and so I'm thinking, well, why would I want to spend money with them if they can't even figure out how to personalize this email? Yeah. Um, now, maybe, maybe they just click the wrong button, you know, and, and things like that. But, but yeah, it's like, no, I am not dear first name and I am not dear Mr. You know, or, or, you know, all of those various things. And, and so it's, it's something that, you know, direct mail, especially if you buy the list or use your own, you can personalize it. You know, we are no longer occupant or resident. So let's say, how does somebody even get a list? You know, maybe, maybe they are a brick and mortar place and, you know, here in, in Atlanta, in Denver, in San Francisco, wherever, talk to us about where they would even begin to think about getting a list and, and, and what they're, you know, how they go into that process. Yeah. Before I do that, I just want to, you know, if people are doing the dear occupant thing, again, mm -hmm. they're doing it on the cheap and they don't understand direct mail, right? Just right. like the person who's sending the email out that says dear first name. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of programs or something if we have time, we'll go into called um, every door by the post office ah. that, that's inexpensive and works great depending on cool. who the market is. But so mm -hmm. to answer your question about the list, the first thing that I would say is, I'm going to give you a big don't. Most people are going to go, they're going to Google and uh, mailing lists and they're going to find mm -hmm. one of the big companies um, right. and they're going to go to that company either online or they're going to call and they're going to say, this is what I want. And they're going to get a list. Right. And, and so there's a few things. The first thing I would say to you is don't do that mm -hmm. because. Those, but they're the first ones who come up on Google. Shouldn't they be the best? <laughs> it just means they're big and they have mm -hmm. money to spend to, to, to get placement. All right. Right. Unfortunately, what happens is most of those big companies are, and I'm making a blanket statement here. There are exceptions to everything, but most mm -hmm. of those big companies are lazy. What I mean by that is when you, when you go in with the specific list, like we're talking about, and you say, I want this and this and this and this, they're going to be like, uh, 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 right. Oh, we don't have that. Right. They're, they're more general. Well, they can get it, but what they mm -hmm. want to do is they want the person who's, who hasn't heard this interview, who's not <laughs> educated, calls and says, I want a list of, you know, women entrepreneurs. Or I want a biz op list. Well, they'll send you, they'll sell you millions of those names. Right. Right. When you start to target and you start to niche down and you call and you say, I want a list of the one legged, you know, the, the one legged male little people who have purple uh, penguins who live in Buckhead um, and make $100,000, they're going to be like, whoa, 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 I'm kidding with that, right? You can right, get yeah. that specific, right? There might be one mm -hmm. of those. Um, but when you do that, they start to backpedal because they, right. they don't want to take the time to, to crisscross lists. Mm -hmm. so the, well, and they're going to make more money if they sell you a bigger list. Um, if, not necessarily, because the bigger, those big sort of generic lists are easy. Mm -hmm. they're, they, ah, okay. And they, while if you buy a million names, which by the way, you should mm -hmm. never do, no, no. Always ask what the minimum is. And every list mm -hmm. broker is going to have a minimum, whether it's, you know, usually it's somewhere between 500 and 1,000. Sometimes as okay. many as 2,000. Here's the key to remember. You don't have to mail 2,000 at once. Mm -hmm. But get whatever the minimum is. And then when you mail, here's the other mistake not to make. Don't mail the first 100. Mail every fifth name or every tenth oh. name. The reason, yep, the reason is, is that it'll give you a better representation mm -hmm. of the, the real list. In other words, ah. they're not all going to be in one area of the country. Okay. They're not all going to be the newest names on that list. Mm -hmm. um, so if you do that, you're going to get a much better idea of what the list really entails. Um, okay. So that's the first thing. 
So get the minimum. And you know, this mm -hmm. doesn't have to be expensive. Many times my clients will, will get a couple thousand names for a few hundred dollars, two, three hundred mm -hmm. bucks. Mm -hmm. It's not expensive. Right. The other thing I would tell you is ask around um, for recommendations for people who've used other brokers. I have a guy that I use in Kansas who is really a print company. That's what they do. They're a print mm -hmm. house um, that do a lot of direct mail. And he has multiple sources of lists. And I simply mm -hmm. say to him, this is what I need. And he goes and gets it for me. Cool. And, and they've had some, I've had some really, really specific lists that I've wanted golf related and, and certain things that, that were parameters in there. And they always, there's only been one time um, in the last probably 10 years I've been using him um, that he's come back and said, we can't find a list like that. Huh. So mm -hmm. the, the small guys, the guys that'll do crisscross. And what I mean by that is they don't just have one big list, but they'll take two or three lists and, the people who have are on all three of those lists will be the names, right? So it's a woman. Oh, okay. It's an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Let me do something more specific. It's a woman who reads Architectural Digest who also mm -hmm. owns a boat. Nice. Right? We can go get a big list of women who, who subscribe to Architectural Digest. But mm -hmm. Then when we come in and say, yeah, but she also has to own a boat, we crisscross and we only get the people who have both of those things in common, which in most cases right. is going to significantly decrease the size of the list that we're asking for. Mm -hmm. But again, you're hitting the people, only the people who you want to, to target, you know, because say it is a, a boat product that you're selling, you know, there'd be no point in me getting it because I don't own a boat. I don't like boats. I'm from Colorado. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, why waste your money? Even if it is just 75 cents, why waste your money sending it to me? You know, well, you want that person who really is going to be interested. Yeah. We want to predispose, right? We want to, we want to put as many things in our favor for people to say yes as possible. So that's mm -hmm. why we're segmenting and targeting our list down. So specifically <clears throat> is for that very reason. Right. Um, and yeah, it's 75 cents. But if you're mailing 100 of those or 200 of those or 500 of those, if you're wasting 200 at 75 cents, that becomes real money over time. It does. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and that may be your entire year's budget for postage, depending on the size of your business. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So you really want to look at, you know, who... Um, who's on the list, who do you want to target and, and where that is when you, when you start the process. So mm -hmm. um, it, again, be very cognizant and careful about who you use from the broker's perspective, because there's a lot of them out there. You could open a direct marketing magazine and, and go to the back and there's, there's probably 50 of them in there. Right. Right. And you know, what are other questions that you ask? I mean, do you want to find out how often they update their lists or how they update them? I mean, all of those various things. Yeah, the big thing for me is I always want to, I want a data sheet or the data okay. car is what they're called. What mm -hmm. that does is it's going to give you the specifics of who's on the list. It'll give you the specifics of um, how all of those things, how, how much how many updates it's had, when the last time was it was used, because that's important, right? Mm -hmm. While you want a list that people are using, you don't want the one that's been used so much that the list has, is dead, right? The list has been, mm -hmm. has been hit so many times that um, the chances of somebody saying yes are now significantly less, right? So, mm -hmm. but the, the data card is the important thing on that. Okay. All of the specifics and all the information about the list that you want. Um, you know, I like to ask um, brokers when I call, you know, I have this really specific target. Can you can you get these? And if they immediately say yes, um, then I'll ask a bunch more questions, because okay. most of the time, if they hesitate, it's a good sign because it means mm -hmm. they're thinking about whether they really can get it. Um, right. A lot of times they'll say, well, we'll have to send you to our, they call it different things, but they're our specialty department, um, mm -hmm. which is a good sign again, because you know that now the person that you're talking to isn't just automatically saying, oh yeah, we can do that. Oh yeah, we can do that. Because mm -hmm. that means they just want to sell you something, right. um, which is probably going to be the wrong thing. But the, 
the, the big thing is looking and seeing um, if the list has all of the parameters that you're looking for, because sometimes if they can't get a particular criteria, they'll just leave it out and send you everything else. Ah. So you want to make sure that it has all of those criteria on the list in your data card that you've asked mm -hmm. for. Um, right. This brings up another question, Devin, that, that is, is along the same lines. But one of the things that many times when I'm talking about this, people will ask me is, well, Diane, how do I know who I should send this to? Right. right. So we talked about the target market, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further. Okay. If you have your own list, in other words, and I don't care if your list is is 200, 2,000, or 200,000, mm -hmm. you can have your list. Um, the word just escaped me. Profiled. <laughs> oh, okay. That was a tough word. Um, you can have your list profile. And, and it, on this, you can go just online and Google list profiling. There are lots okay. of companies out there that do it. It's a great service. And here's what happens. You can take whatever your list size is, just send it to them. It'll cost mm -hmm. you a few hundred dollars to have this done. But it will be worth its weight in gold. I'll give you an example in just a minute. Um It'll come back and tell you exactly who's on your list, what percentage mm. are male and female. Um, okay. It'll tell you these odd things like um, sh this many people read Architectural Digest or this many mm -hmm. of your people own boats or this many of your people are doctors. So now you can take that and say, well, these are the people I want. I want this segment of my list. So I'll give you a mm -hmm. quick example. I did some direct mail for... Um, a very well-known financial um, person in the market, a female, a few years ago, and she had had her list profiled, and she sent the profile over to me. And when I looked at it, I was like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. we just hit a home run. She mm -hmm. said, what do you mean? And I said, go to whatever the page was, and I said, do you see that chart? Essentially, what the chart told us was that was that people who, who had all the parameters but had three or more children living at home spent four times more money with her than people with no children. Ah. Which when you think about it is a little strange because you would right. think that just the opposite, right? They would have mm -hmm. money to invest. So what we did in this situation, because we were under some time constraint, is when we went and got the list, we said, oh, and by the way, we only want the piece of this list of people who have three or more children living at home. Mm -hmm. So it took the list from 5,000 potentials down to 500. Okay. But we knew that we had significantly by four times increased the chance of them saying yes and of them mm -hmm. spending a lot more money, investing a lot more money with her and it worked right. Um it worked like gangbusters. So that's just mm -hmm. one example of what you can find out mm -hmm. in the list profile. Um same kind of thing. I had a client who said, "Oh, I know what my list is, blah blah blah." He refused for a long time. Uh, came back a few months later to a mastermind meeting and said, oh my gosh, I was so surprised when I had my list profiled. And he actually had 20% um, of his list that he didn't know this, but 20% of his list were doctors. They were chiropractors. Wow. That's what he said. <laughs> and so he decided now to do some specific campaigns to chiropractors because for whatever reason, there was some predisposition for uh -huh. them to do business with him. Right, right. Which is, is uh, it's curious because he hadn't been actively marketing to them. They self-opted into it. Exactly. Exactly. I have an insurance, um, a friend and client who does sells insurance here out in my part of Atlanta. And we did this for her. And she found out that 10% of her clients um, were gay or lesbian. And so she decided mm -hmm. that she was going to market specifically to that population Okay. in the metro Atlanta area because for some reason they were drawn to her. Right. Interesting. Well, now, Diane, one of the questions I, I you know, and, and I've had these ever since I started doing direct mail, when you're working with a broker and say you tell them, okay, they, they you know, it's a woman who reads Architectural Digest who owns a boat, where the heck do they get that information? <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, it, it's, it, that's the thing that has always just confounded me is how do they know? Well, so what happens is while we think that we're, um, we're sly and we do all of these things that nobody knows about, Big Brother is watching. Mm -hmm. and Big Brother is watching all the time. So And now more so than right, ever. Right. So based on reportings from credit cards, reportings from 
you know, purchases, credit reports, those kinds of things. There's lists out there of pretty much everything. I mean, they probably, if, if you wanted to find out a list of people who, who bought toilet paper in the last 24 hours, you could probably get it. I'm, I'm kidding here, but it's, but you might be able to. You might. It's so specific that if you go on, I'll use a specific example here. Um, one of the things I love about Facebook ads, if you use Power Editor, um, mm -hmm. which you have to use in Chrome, by the way, if you're going to use it, mm -hmm. but it's almost like working with a direct mail broker. So right. when you go into Power Editor, you can be really, really specific about who is seeing your stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, you can get so specific if you pay attention to this that you, if you wanted to, you're, if you had some kind of message that needed to go to only people who are currently traveling, mm -hmm. Facebook knows that. Right. Right. Now, my guess is they know it based on if you have your location thing turned on and you're not where you typically, where you live, mm -hmm. they know you're traveling. If mm -hmm. by the keywords in your posts, Right, right. I'm on vacation. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's that specific. And it's the same with list brokers. Like they're tracking all kinds of things. And so again, they can go out and get a list of people who bought boats. They can crisscross that with people who subscribe to Architectural Digest and see if, you know, how many of those are, you know, on the same list. Mm -hmm. yeah, and, and I, you know, we can't emphasize this enough, folks. This is definitely quality over quantity. You know, it, it, this is not fire the shotgun and hope you hit something. It's, you know, you really want to be targeted with your, your market. Now, obviously it depends on what it is. You know, there's a, a new restaurant that opened up not far from my house. And so I got coupons for it. They clearly went with a list that was, was a, 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 based on demographics, probably simply by zip code. Um, you know, because it's a fast food place. It's not a higher end type of, of restaurant. And, and, but I save those coupons. Am I going to get over there before they expire? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, it, for them that worked because they just kind of wanted to, to bombard this little area, but it wouldn't have made sense for them to go maybe more than two or three miles away, you know, and, and so they were very, very specific on what they did. And, you know, if you're a brick and mortar, that's very important, but it's, it's also important for somebody like, you know, say Diane and I who provide a service that, yes, can be used worldwide because we are internet based, you know, all of those various things. But that just goes to show even more so that you have to be pretty specific with who you're targeting or you're really going to be wasting your time and your money. Yeah, it's that demographic, right? So, um, so, so the restaurant, right, that's a great example. First of all. It worked, one, because you're, you're talking about it, two, because you saved the coupons. So right. this is a great actual lead-in. So one of the things that would have been a great thing for them to have done is there's a program, you know, it, they, <laughs> what's, the, what's the statistic? It takes the general public eight years to know when a new law or program goes into effect. Right. right. Uh -huh. So there's a program with the USPS called Every Door. Cool. And basically what happens is this is the, the layman's sort of synopsis of it. It's more complicated than this. But essentially, that restaurant could have gone to, to the post office and said, I want this mailer with these coupons to go in every single post office box, every single mailbox in, let's say it was a zip code or in this mm -hmm. subdivision, right? Because the restaurant knows what their demographic is as far as right. um, maybe it's a five-mile radius, maybe it's whatever that is, right? And for very, very, very inexpensive, what happens now is you give them the thing that you want to go in and mm -hmm. they put it literally in every mailbox, in every post office box, in every everything. Mm -hmm. It's very, very inexpensive as opposed to mailing, you know, stuff out specifically. Um, mm -hmm. Much cheaper doing, you know, ads in the paper and you know, those kind of offline things where you could also get coupons, but not many people know about it. And so not many people are using it. Now, it's also not applicable for certain things, right? If, if you're, if you're demographically based, like a fast food restaurant, right? It doesn't matter how much money people make. It doesn't matter. Right. You know, people buy fast food, all of us, everybody, right? Unless you're a huge health food kind of person, but Mm -hmm. You know, people who are really healthy live in all kinds of different neighborhoods. 
But mm -hmm. if, if you were selling the boat, for example, um, you might not go to a lower income area to do this, right? It doesn't make sense. It probably doesn't make sense if you're selling boats to do this at all, unless you were in an area where you were on a coast or, you know, something like that and, and had some specific like higher end neighborhoods kind of thing. So you want to be careful about what it is you're doing with this, but it's a, it's a great program. I love it. Well, and you know, you, you've got some great tips on your website. It was funny. I was reading through your blog. I love the one about stamps because you know, one of the things that we're, you know, we're, we're back to thinking about costs. We always think, oh, you know, if I'm going to send something direct mail, I should send it bulk because bulk is cheaper. And yes, it is cheaper, but there's a whole bunch of regulations, folks, that goes along with sending bulk, including quantity and size and things like that. But why should we put a stamp on something as opposed to either bulk mail or running it through a postage machine or, or something like that? I, did, I thought this was just fascinating. <laughs> so first of all, I would tell you never, 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 ever, ever, never to get that never. Send never, never. Yeah. Mm -hmm. for, for a lot of reasons. Um, bulk mail is the last thing that gets delivered. So if you ever have anything that's time sensitive, you mm -hmm. run a huge risk of your mail not getting there before whatever it is you're doing. Um, mm -hmm. So if, if my truck is full today and I'm leaving and the bulk mail is sitting there, the bulk mail is still going to be there tomorrow and maybe the right, next right. day and the day after that and the week after mm -hmm. that. So um, I know several big time direct mailers whose philosophy about the reason they have those big garbage bins in the back of all the post office is because that, bulk mail. that's where the bulk mail goes. I have no mm -hmm. evidence of that. I'm just repeating what a lot of big people have, have said over the years. Mm -hmm. um, so, and there are ways to, to, to decrease your postage costs. Um, there's something called pre-sort. Mm -hmm. which actually you can get a live stamp for as well. And I'm getting, I know what you're after and I'll get to the answer here in just a minute, but pre-sort uh -huh. will save you um, money and it can be a live stamp. So just know that mm -hmm. what you're, what you're asking me about is, first of all, you always want your mail to look personal. That's right, one right. of the keys, right? So no, no resident, no occupant, right? First name, address, right? So if, if it looks like a birthday card or it mm -hmm. looks like personal mail, I'm going to open it. If it looks like it's an advertisement or junk mail, I'm probably not going to open it. One of the things is how many times has grandma or your mom or your sister or your best friend ever sent you something with an indicia or the stamps.com or, you right. know, run through. It doesn't happen. What happens? They put a stamp on it. And how mm -hmm. excited are you, by the way, when you get a birthday card in the mail instead of an email that says happy birthday? Right. Okay, so the stamp is one of the things that makes it look much more real. So here's the other tip with the stamps. Most of most of the time, if we're doing this, we think we have to put the stamp on so that it's exactly square in the corner. Mm -hmm. Studies actually show that if you put the stamp on crooked, it'll out you. You more people will open your mail. Yeah, One, because it does look more personal. Exactly, right? Exactly. And that's the only reason that I've ever been able to come up with. Two stamps will outpull one stamp. Huh. So if you've got a choice and you're sending something for 60 cents, you're better off getting two 30 cent stamps than you are one 60 cent stamp from an open perspective mm -hmm. with that. So a stamp is always going to outpull anything else that you do. Um, I will tell you, and I know what some of you, somebody's thinking, yeah, Diane, but if I'm sending a thousand pieces, really, you want me to hand stamp them all? Oh, yeah. While you're watching TV, put your stamps on them. Or, you know, pay a high school student or a, right. a retiree in your neighborhood or one of your team members. I, ne I never said you should be the one doing this, right? Right. You know, call me. I can get it all done for you. Um, mm -hmm. You don't have to do this. But the point of the matter is, and it's a choice, right? I'm the first person that says you own your business, you make the choices. Okay, so I'm willing to give up a 1% conversion rate 
to use an indicia instead of a live stamp. Knock yourself out, mm -hmm. right? Just know that when you come back and say, Gita, and I did this direct mail thing and it doesn't work, it didn't work, mm -hmm. that you can't now just say direct mail doesn't work because you made a decision, which you're free to do because you own your business, right. mm -hmm. that could have adversely affected the results that you got because you mm -hmm. did that. So right. um, again, we, we, you know, there's give and take with everything. But mm -hmm. stamps will always outpull anything else that you're doing. Right. And and it's funny because the person receiving it more than likely isn't thinking, oh, look, somebody took the time to put a stamp on this. No. But subliminally, they went, oh, look, somebody took the time to put a stamp right. on this. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because there are, you know, you mentioned birthday cards. There, there are online programs now that, you know, and, and, you know, they're, they're very popular. We're not going to knock them. We're not saying anything bad about them, but when they're sending out your Christmas card, your birthday cards, all of those things, they're not stamping it, they're, you know, with, with a physical little stamp from the post office, they're using an indicia. And I know immediately when I look at that envelope, it must've come from one of those companies. Yeah. You know, does it mean I'm not going to open it? Eh, no, I'm probably still going to open it. But, you know, it's it's also, I, I love it also when they, they use a script font. So it looks like somebody hand wrote, no, I know what the fonts look right. like. Um, you know, and, and, and it probably, it probably would have gotten the same open rate with me personally if it had been a mailing label, you know, as opposed to trying to make it look like somebody hand addressed it. I, you know, I know these things. It's like, yeah, right. This, this went through a machine, but it, you know, the, the ones that have a stamp on it that, you know, you can tell somebody hand wrote all the, I open them first mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and maybe that's the key is then, you know, I set the others aside and maybe I remember to go back to them. Maybe I don't. It's kind of like the emails that you get. If it says dear first name, mm -hmm. that's, all I'm going to read of it. Now, maybe, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm early for an appointment. So I'm going through my mail. Ah, I might open it then, but the personalized gets looked at first. Yeah. Here's the other, here's the other issue that I have with um, the, the places that do the cards for you. One mm -hmm. is obviously it's, it's not now as personal. So the, the, the time that you took to send something personal now gets thought of as, well, it's not really as personal, right? Because right. they didn't send it. And there are ways mm -hmm. to do this so that it doesn't matter if you were the one who sent it or not. People think mm -hmm. you are. Here's my right. other issue with it. When you open an envelope, where do you open it from? I usually rip it across the top. Right. Or, you know, back. use a, a letter right. opener. Or whatever. But the back. You always right. you turn it to the back. You don't open it from the front. So if you're going to put something in an envelope and you're going to mail a birthday card, you're going to put it in. So when they open that and slide it out, they see the card mm -hmm. or any other piece of mail. That's your headline. That's the thing that you want them to see. When right. you use one of these services, guess what? When they slide the card out, guess what they see? It's it's oh, I guess the easy way to say it is backwards. It's the back of the card, right, which has that company's logo on it. Right. I have a huge problem with that. I'm paying the service to do this and I'm, I, I'm not paying them to advertise their stuff. I'm paying them mm -hmm. to get my message out. So right now is, are the services still better than not sending anything? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, I can certainly see why people use them. You know, I, I've been bad. I haven't done Christmas cards in many years, partially because my Christmas card list would be probably 200 people. So, you know, it's, it was just easier to, to not do it, but I should, you know, I really should send cards. And if I'm not going to take the time to personalize them and do all those various things, then at the very least, I should use one of these services. Yeah. I, and one of the cool things about a service is they can include, say, a Starbucks gift card. Well, you know what? I can do that, too. Yeah. I can go trotting down to Starbucks and I can buy me a bunch of those five dollar cards or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. And. You know, it, it also makes a big difference when you open the card, you know, so you've got the card, you've opened it up and it, it is almost a dear occupant type of message. You're thinking, eh, whatever. But, you know, when there's that personal note in there, even if it's a sentence, you really do stop and think, wow, you know, they, they thought of it. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you another great one is if you've been to an event with somebody and you've taken a picture, you know, all of us have our cell phones now attached, right. attached to us. 
Um, mm -hmm. You know, and you pick it, you pull out the selfie, you take that. If you upload that and send that to mm -hmm. one of these services, then I take it back everything I said. Because next, when they open the card and they see that the outside of it is that photo of the two of you, I oh, can't tell you. Save it. People. Yeah, save it, frame it, put it up. Now it's personal. Oh, yes. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's funny because we laugh about personalizing. And, and, you know, this is something that I remember from 60 Minutes, the, the TV program, years ago. I mean, it could even be 30 years ago when the, the curmudgeon, Andy Rooney, was on there. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about personalized Christmas cards. And, and so he, you know, he sent, at that point, sent out probably thousands. And, and his card just had his name embossed. Yes, we see that all the time. We still do. It doesn't matter that that was 30 years ago. But it was so funny because I remember he said that he had a nephew who complained. Well, you know, Uncle Andy, all we got from you was the card that you didn't even take the time to write. You just sent the stamp one. And he said, you know what? I did take the time to sign the check that I put in there. <laughs> and, 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 you know, obviously that struck a nerve with me, whether it's the check or taking the time to, to sign something. And it's funny. I'm looking at my bulletin board right now. I have saved on my bulletin board cards, handwritten cards that I got from people that said it was great meeting you. It was great seeing you. You know, all of those various things where I knew they took the time to send me a quick little card. And, and I think that's, you know, it, it, it was it was a, I'm not going to call it direct mail because it was you know a, a one or a two thing. But it was something that was mailed to me. It was personalized. And I thought. How special, you know, and, and, and I really did think that. And, and so the more you can personalize it, you know, even a big direct mail campaign, the better it is. Oh yeah. And it's so easy to personalize stuff with direct mail now, right? not only on the pieces, but you know, with personalized URLs that we're sending people to uh, mm -hmm. so, so, so easy to do. And, you know, I just want to make a comment too about, you know, the Andy Rooney thing, right? Mm -hmm. I, and I agree with him. Something is better than nothing. I think the mm -hmm. times have changed so much from when that interview was that in today's market, it's so about relationship. It's so about right. building that relationship piece as mm -hmm. opposed to just the touch that I think it's a little different. While mm -hmm. again, I will say doing something is better than doing nothing. Mm -hmm. um, having the touch should mean, you know, should be enough. But as you as you build relationships and we do that, you know, one person at a time or at least the appearance of one person at a time, uh, mm -hmm. that's that's really the piece. And I think, you know, the thing to look at, certainly direct mail is so different today than it was 17 years ago when I started my business. It's even different than it was just two or three years ago. So, right. mm -hmm. um, you know, all of those, as I often tell people in the event business, you know, it used to be five, six years ago, I could send an email and put 200 people in the room. You know, mm -hmm. now you're going to send emails and do webinars and send direct mails and do JVs and and <laughs> and maybe have to let people in for free in order to do mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, right. Yeah, it's just and and the, the key is to keep up on these things. And, and it is difficult because there are so many things that are changing. So we've got 30 seconds left. And so, you know, I've, I've been having a great time talking with Diane Conklin. Diane. Tell people what you do because you will coordinate these things for them if they you know, if they don't want to or can't do it themselves. But tell people what you do and how they connect with you. Sure. Well, what I do is is the name of the company, Complete Marketing System. So pretty much anything related to to marketing, whether it's direct mail, uh, whether it's online marketing, social media, information marketing, event planning, um, all of those kinds of things. I'm I'm big on. Um, as a, my, my latest thing is no more marketing funnels. I'm, I'm using conversion maps. I've helped people make about $37.3 million in extra income with my conversion maps. But um, the easiest way to connect with me is to go to completemarketingsystems.com. That's my main website. Um, if you'd like something specific about direct mail, um, you can go to directmailbuildingblocks.com. There's a free CD there called How to Skyrocket Your Profits with Direct Mail. I'd be happy to, to send that out to you. Cool. Um, but the easiest way is the website, or if you want, there's an 866 number. You can call me toll-free at 866-293-0589. Um, I'm on all the social media outlets. So just If you just use my name or my company name, you can find me. But the main website, again, is completemarketingsystems.com. And uh, everything about what I'm doing is, is always up there.
Perfect. Well, as I said, I've been having a great time talking with Diane, and we just scratched the surface on what she does. You know, we, we just did a full hour on direct mail. So, Diane, we will definitely have you on again because you are an expert in so many areas where I think it's it's great to get knowledge out there. Well, thank you. Great. Well, for people looking for me, it's pretty easy to find me, debcreer.com, D-E-B-K-R-I-E-R. -E and until next week, everyone have a great time. Thanks for listening to Deb Career, your social media friend. Tune in next time to listen to more great tips, techniques, and trends for using social media. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>